Welcome to the Beauty Way podcast. I am your host, Leandra Valencia, and on this show, we will explore how to live a more beautiful life. I will gather the most inspiring humans I know and dive into their most magical methods of healing, growing, and living. So get ready for a playful education, deep conversations, and walking the beauty way. On today's episode, we have no other than the Ebony King. What an epic name. She is a world traveler, a travel guide. She is my soul sister, my joy, my muse, my inspiration. And I'm so excited to share this human being with you today. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Aho, mitake yasin. Yes, I was hoping that there was going to be a whole <laughs> So yeah, you just recently learned the ahomitakiyasin. We usually say aho in the spiritual community when we, when someone says anything awesome or when we have a prayer or yeah, like a food prayer or closing a space, opening a space, aho. Aho. But if you put mitakiyasin at the end, it means to all my relations. Mm. Aho to all my relations, just acknowledging that we are all family on this planet. And we are certainly family, (laughs) (laughs) especially us. (laughs) Certainly so. (laughs) No ways out of it or around it now. (laughs) No, we are tied, tied together in sisterhood. Welcome so much to the podcast, Ebony King, the one and only. My little <laughs> Aussie biscuits. <laughs> oh. So for everyone listening, Ebony King is, yes, an Australian biscuit traveling the world. She's currently been traveling the world for a bit over a year, quitting her corporate job, leaving everything behind and spreading her wings out into the world. And she's really just created this whole new life for herself. You can find her on Instagram on where is this and Ebony King and you'll see the amazing magical life that she's created. And when um, in Australia she used to, or she leads something called Conscious Adventures Mm -hmm. with a friend of hers where they travel Australia, see beautiful places and travel in conscious ways. So So she brings in spirituality and awareness practices into the travels that she guides and she's recently started guiding trips in Europe as well um, which has been so beautiful to to witness you along this journey and she was recently in Morocco Mm -hmm. and I shed tears as I was watching your videos from Morocco because you you just embody so much so much beauty and love and grace and sweetness and divinity and you bring it to the people around you and you just have all this fire and passion and you're going soon to host another Morocco trip and I'm just going to go on raving raving about you for a little bit just (laughs) introducing you to everyone from my perspective (laughs) (laughs) and and where was I? Yeah. Whenever you're in, whenever you're in my presence, whenever I'm with you, I just feel my inner fire being ignited. And I told you this yesterday, like the, 
the possibilities or the realm of possibilities for me is just expanded so much and I think people who follow me on social media will see that every time I'm with you I'm just so much more active in my content creation my hunger for life is so much bigger I'm so much more adventurous and you just you bring this out in me and I think you bring this out in a lot of people and that's your, truly your gift to the world to yeah you really make me come alive and love life in a way that no one else does to me and yeah that's ebony king for everyone listening and i in this podcast i want to i want to tell the story of how we met mm. and i also want to talk about travels and i want to talk about why to travel and how to travel the world because i think that's something maybe a lot of people want to or have like a distant dream about but not knowing how to make the first steps and getting just getting ourselves out there and traveling the world so this podcast is for everyone who's interested in traveling the world and I think the reason why I want to talk about it is because it's so profoundly changed my life mm. and I will not stop traveling I'm going out again in like less than a month no less than two months two months and <clears throat> when we're recording this podcast and yeah, so we will talk about travel and everything else that may enter the room in our field during this podcast. There can be so many things. We have so many like out there conversations just like this morning about astral travels and telepathy <laughs> and just touching in on these. It's a casual breakfast on a Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I want to go into the story of how we met. Mm. And I've been telling this story to so many people and I've told it so many times. <laughs> I want to do it again. It's such a good story. It's a beautiful story. It's pretty cool. Mm. And I did tell it on your channel as well. Mm. You interviewed me last time you were in Norway. Mm. And so we met in Guatemala, Lake Atitlan, my second home. And San Marcos. And San Marcos. Yeah, the hippie town. <laughs> of Lake place. In the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One of them. One of them. Certainly. <laughs> yeah. And there was a, was it a cacao ecstatic dance mm. at Eagle's Nest? And yeah, so we had a cacao ceremony and then we had, it was, I don't remember who was playing, but um, there was an ecstatic dance and it's impossible not to notice Ebony because she is just, um, Yes, she is very radiant and glowing and happy and smiling and just emits beautiful energy all of the time. But she's also very tall. <laughs> she's <laughs> very tall. <laughs> and she dresses amazingly. So she was pretty much the coolest girl on the dance floor. And I had, a, I had like a little eye for her. And then I was just dancing, doing my thing. She was dancing, doing her thing. <laughs> I don't think we really knew anyone there or we weren't yeah we were there alone mm -hmm. and then i met you by the stairs mm -hmm. like right outside the dance floor by the way this dance floor is like a plateau that looks over a huge lake and volcanoes and it's absolutely just <laughs> <A> volcanic cradle like <laughs> yeah yeah insane unimaginable beauty and i can't mm -hmm. wait to go back and yeah i met you by the stairs and you must have said some, I think you said something to me, like, do you remember? 
I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember I was like, because you were coming out at the same time, I was like, all right, I'm going to shoot my shot. <laughs> I was like, I'm starting a conversation with this woman <laughs> if it's the last thing that I do. Because <laughs> the exact same thing was reciprocated on both ends. And so I, yeah, just took it upon myself and I was like, all right, I don't remember what I said. So I'm like, oh, you're having a good time or yeah. something, something, something mellow. Yeah. Mm. And... And I don't remember what I responded immediately, but I just remember feeling like I needed a break from the dancing. Mm. I was a bit overstimulated and I was going to my room. I actually wanted to do some rapé. And for some reason, this is so out of character for me. I'm usually an introvert and stay in my own bubble and my own energy. And sometimes I'll be more open, but like inviting people to come along with me in the way that I did, it was almost like I was hitting on you like a... <laughs> come to my room yeah, yeah i was like i'm just going in my room and do some rough pain and meditate do you want to join me <laughs> and you were like sure thing and i was like damn i don't hope <clears throat> i hope she's not like joining me just to be nice <laughs> but then we went up to my room and we did the rough pay together and we dropped into a silent meditation and after that, we, the plan at this point was that you were going away the next day. Mm -hmm. You were continuing to travel. So I just figured, you know, what the hell? We're two strangers. We just met. We're sitting here having this like intimate time together. Let's just pour our hearts out to each other because we'll never see each other again. That was my suggestion. <laughs> and so we went into two like monologues basically sharing listening to the other not really responding i think mm -hmm. but just like letting you share for we a long set time a timer we like set a timer minutes right and then we just let the one person just go yeah and just listen yes mm. that's what we did mm. and yeah I, I remember it's so <laughs> vivid in my mind mm. like the sharing that we had at this point and um just navigating guys and love and yeah, I was navigating two guys at this point <laughs> and you were navigating one. <laughs> guys that we're not navigating anymore, I think, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Gosh, that is, yeah, woohoo, that is no. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a no. That's a no. That's a no, glad that's, we left that in Guatemala. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God, Guatemala. <clears throat> and that's, and then you decided not to go the day after, mm. after all. Mm. And we got so much more time to spend together. Mm. And we did. Mm. And we were just jumping around San Marcos, hand in hand, singing songs about how wonderful it is to breathe. <laughs> Laying by the lake, naked, getting us fucking sunburned because the most, we... <laughs> the worst sunburn I have ever had. My boobies <laughs> red raw yes because this freaking bread i'm gonna have to start swearing this bread work breath work mm. bread work what's that no breath work and it was so it was so good this breath work mm. also shout out to vin for sending us this breath work you had not met vin yet you oh were going to be brothers and sisters <laughs> later that year six months later mm -hmm. but he sent us this breath work and also big shout out to vin right now mm. because he's in the darkness 
He's doing a darkness we retreat. Love you, <laughs> we love you, Vin. So much. <laughs> so many blessings for your six days in complete darkness. Mm. It's crazy. It's crazy. Been waiting for it so long, for so long, and now it's he's in there right now. Left a few days ago, but yeah, that's a that's a digression and a different story. So that's like my introduction to Ebony King and my relationship with this woman and and how we met. Anything you want to add to the story or add it's to... so beautiful. Yeah. And I love reliving those moments because they're so special. Yeah. And yeah, <clears throat> nothing in particular. Just I do think that when we had that meeting and that union of us coming together and that was a massive reason why I decided to stay mm. and to continue <clears throat> evolving and leaning on each other and growing our connection. And it was just so beautiful. And yeah, I'm so, so grateful for travel and the ability to change plans and not have a formulated plan and to go with the flow. And yeah, leading me to here sitting yeah. right now with you is profound. Oh my and, God. Um, yeah gratitude overflowing beyond words <laughs> mm-hmm. i love you <laughs> i love you mm. and i also just want to say for everyone listening that ebony is 23 years old and she uh before she started traveling she had a really really good corporate well-paid job for um yeah, property developer. A property developer, one of the richest <laughs> men in uh, her area of mm. um, of Australia. And mm. yeah, we were talking about this yesterday and I got to know more about like what a different life Ebony used to live mm. <clears throat> and how she chose the hippie life <laughs> over this it like... It was always the hippie su- life. It was always the hippie life, girl. <laughs> always the hippie life. Even when I left, Andrew was like, mm-hmm. It was coming. <laughs> it was coming, and it's uh, it's very similar. It's very synchronistic to to my story as well, because I was also working in the film industry and very like hierarch- hierarchical. I can never mm. say that word. Hierarchy. Yeah, like hierarchical. a hierarchy. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird word. And like long days of work, and sure, earning good money, but like working way more, and and then yeah, just at one point in the fall um just not just yeah really choosing to travel and seeing how that led to such a different life that i feel like i'm never looking back mm-hmm. like this is the way now mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah it's beautiful. It is the beauty way I it mean. is the mm-hmm. beauty way mm-hmm. yeah it's more and more beautiful mm. and yeah that's a good that's a good um summary of of um like yeah we're mixing timelines and just yeah, yeah, jumping yeah. a bit back and forth but time doesn't really exist for hippies so that's fine oh, definitely not <laughs> in recent circumstances i can confirm that time <laughs> doesn't matter it's getting more and more uh what would you say it's getting more and more just non-linear yeah oh, is mm-hmm. what i'm experiencing mm-hmm. time to be and also what i feel with traveling and living such full lives and spontaneous lives and having these days of really no plan and just bumping into people and letting the magic and the synchronicities unfold when you trust mm-hmm. um going to bed after a day like that is like 
did I did this day was that just <laughs> one day or was that a week because and then even one week of traveling can feel like a month or two months of traveling because so many things happen in one day and just one week and it really makes makes time work in a completely different way and like getting to know people along our journeys as well as like spending two days with someone can you you, you can get so close you can mm. get so 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 close mm. so it's it's really astonishing and beautiful and beautiful part of traveling is like the people we meet mm. yeah and that was such a fundamental part of this trip that i've embarked on going to europe it was so important for me to i really wanted to reach out to the people that i had connected to on my trip and to try and see how I can utilize my connections and navigate through travel in a way that is not only sustainable but better on budget and mm. can make it more accessible for people that might be watching my journey at home and want to do it themselves. But they might can be comparing, like, I don't have money, I don't mm. do this, or like, I might not have X, Y, Z to support myself. But I really made it my goal for the first three months of this trip to try and see how well I could travel and how mm. where I could travel relying on helping hands and just like beautiful people that I've met no matter where in the world they may have been and couch surfing and doing mm. things that were yeah couch surfing was very interesting very outside of my comfort zone and yeah. um but that was all a part of this idea concept experiment that I was doing in order to share and hopefully help to inspire at least one person that you can travel in go to these beautiful places, even if you don't have endless abundance um, in money because anything's accessible, mm. even hitchhiking as well, doing lots of different things. But it's just been incredible, the people that I have connected to deeper and I have made beautiful new connections on this trip, but nothing compared to the deeper and richer connections that I've made from past trips that I've established further on this trip. Mm. Yeah. It's really, really beautiful. It's probably my favorite part of traveling, being able to formulate community around yeah, the world. Definitely. Yeah, I can't wait to continue because I feel like it's just going to get more, more and more easy to travel and cheaper and cheaper to travel. Because now that I look back on my on my first seven months of traveling, like I could have spent a lot less money if I just known a little more. But that's how we learn that's how we learn so this next time i'm going to be traveling i just know that it's possible to live really really cheap and really well mm. and also yeah about having like having like i know i have a bed in germany i know i have a bed in israel i know i have a bed in peru it's, i have australia i know i have a bed in australia that will be slept in and uh -huh, not too uh -huh, long uh -huh. you've got a whole area you've got the whole room you've got this whole oh, i'm so excited anyways that's a whole nother conversation oh my god I, yeah i, I can't wait for you to come down i'm so excited to come to australia sounds like such a good come time down under down under <laughs> <laughs> all right mate how's leandra's australian going because i think it's great <laughs> what water let me just get some water you're not a bad call <laughs> um <clears throat> Yeah, I was really practicing my Australian last time you were here and I felt more influenced by you. But this time I feel like my semi-American accent is quite ingrained. <laughs> Damn it. And I'm going to speak like this forever now. Mm -mm. Uh -uh. Never speak.
So, um, Ebony, give me just one moment throughout your first travel that was like a, that was like a shift or a turning point for you or you had like a really big realization or just like a huge experience that changed you as a person. When I was traveling in South America, I got to Ecuador and leading up to this trip, I was feeling quite unsettled. I didn't feel comfortable completely. I didn't know what to expect. I had a lot of things telling me not to go, but that was just because I was going to be entering complete and utter change and I was going to be shedding a layer of myself and I had no idea, but my body did. Mm. And when I got to Ecuador, it just all came crumbling down. So I got there riding high, obviously landing in a country I've always wanted to travel and then had organized this beautiful multi-day hike. And when I got there, we were getting the bus and as we we're getting the bus, I rolled my ankle on the way to the hike so, so badly, really, really badly. And my ankle was, yeah, not in a shape to hike. So naturally I was upset, but it is what it is. So instead of doing the walk, I got a bus to each of the guest houses and I would meet up with my friends that were doing the walk and I'd just be waiting there for them, say hello, I was reading books in the day, it was beautiful. And then on the last day, I skipped one of the guest houses and I went all the way to the end. And this guest house was a bit dodgy and I ate some food that ended up giving me salmonella the next day. So as my ankle healed, I then transitioned into one of the worst sicknesses of my life. I was, yeah, so I was very sick. And that was just another thing that I was navigating through. And then being sick let me completely fall captive to all of the different things that I was trying to escape from Australia in my thoughts, in my mind, in my body. And I had to sit in bed for x amount of days and everything came rushing towards me and i had nowhere to escape i wanted to escape so badly i had friends around me but they didn't know how to navigate towards me because i was feeling isolated i was self-sabotaging their love and mm. um just thinking i wasn't deserving of their care but all i wanted was care mm. and it was sending me on this complete spiral and during this time i just thought everything was against me and i needed to go home but I didn't need to go home, but that was what was feeling called cool to me. And I was also navigating a really bad relationship at home and I was feeling a lot of pressure being away from that and not knowing where that stood and not feeling supported on the journey that I was on and that was another layer. Mm, and then I remember I was in Peru. This Peru is, I have always dreamed, utterly dreamed of going to Peru so much but when I was there I felt shocking it was probably the worst I'd been mentally I wasn't sick anymore but my mental health was completely declined I had lots and lots of negative thoughts spiraling throughout my mind and I didn't know how to navigate it because I was trying to deflect because obviously when you're in a place you've always wanted to go to the last thing that you want to do 
is go inward. What's deflect mean? Just not, just brush it away. Yeah, okay. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I've booked a flight home to Australia wow. during this time, which was massive. I remember booking the flight and just being like, what am I doing? I was my first like month of being away and I still had another like three months to go. And I you had, hadn't come to Guatemala yet. No. You were Ecuador, Peru? Uh, Peru, I was in right. Peru. So yeah. this was a month into my trip. Mm -hmm. I'd just finished three weeks, three weeks in Ecuador mm -hmm. and just transitioned over into Peru. And yeah, was just booked a flight home. I was gonna go home just before Christmas. I was gonna see my family, everything. I would have missed out completely on Mexico, completely on Guatemala. Would not be sitting here. And yeah, I had, it was, a, it was such a challenging, challenging journey in which I was supported or not intent. Yeah, well, I was surrounded by friends, but I just didn't feel supported and I didn't feel emotionally sure. met. And it was just, yeah, the, one of those layering things. And then, yeah, booked a flight and did nothing and I just was sitting there and I didn't know what to do and then I was like no nope, this is it I need to turn inwards and I need to do something about this because it's not going away can I ask where in Peru you were I, I was in Cusco you were in Cusco but it's in the town of the city mm -hmm. <coughs> mm -hmm. okay. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then uh, another layer of this was I knew that I wanted to go traveling by myself mm. but I didn't have the confidence at all because of where I was at mentally. If I was in a different state, I 100% would have just removed myself from the group in which I was traveling with. And I would have just traveled by myself and I reckon that would have done a lot for me. Mm. But because I hadn't traveled by myself yet and I was in a country I wasn't very familiar with, mm -hmm. it just didn't work out. And then I had to just, I remember doing the hike, I did the Salkantai hike from um, yeah, it goes all through the Salkantai range all the way to Machu Picchu and it's eight days of walking and I was just with me, my thoughts in nature and I was like, no, nope, this is it. I did you do it alone? Yep. Wow. Okay. And no, 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 I didn't do the walk alone. Oh, I was okay. with, I was with, I was with people. The friends? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But this was just for me to go completely in and I... Yeah, just spent so much time healing in the nature and walking with myself and holding myself. And I remember coming out of it feeling a lot stronger and a lot more independent. And then when I came out of it, a San Pedro ceremony fell into my lap. Mm. And then that just completely cracked me open in terms of just releasing and being and completely dysregulating everything that was happening around me that was adding all of this pressure because when I was in this beautiful ceremony I wasn't connected to that anymore because there was deeper things that mm, were going on yeah. these surface level things that were creating such a weight were no longer important because I was transcended to a deep-rooted trauma that yeah. th that may have been the cause to all of these things but this is where the focus is and it helped me so much to get back into what I needed to work through and that was this exact core wound or this exact trauma that was creating all of these other beliefs and impacting me so badly mentally. 
I want to go in. I want to ask you about the core wound, but yeah. I just firstly want to explain what the San Pedro plant medicine is to the cool. people listening. Yeah. Um, so San Pedro is because you're in Peru, you probably, I mean, you most likely have the wachuma. Mm-hmm. And there's also a, it's a cactus. And in Mexico, you get the peyote. And in Peru, you'll get wachuma. And it's a cactus where the, where the substance or the thing that affects your body is called mescaline. And uh, the San Pedro cactus is in the same family as cacao and MDMA. So it's a profound hard opener. And uh, I, I will say it is by far my favorite plant medicine next to cacao. It's way more deeper and like you have to put off <laughs> like a whole day maybe to, to, mm. to go into this, to in, into this plant medicine. And I want to talk more about it in later podcasts mm. because uh, the St. Pedro cactus also 100% changed me as a person. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just so happy to hear mm. that one of your biggest um, experiences during your travel was with the San Pedro cactus in Peru because mm. you've mentioned this to me briefly before but we haven't really mm. gone that deep into it so mm. I'm very curious mm. as if you'd like to mm. to take us on a deep dive into this mm. San Pedro ceremony that you were in what core wound you got to witness and, mm. and work through with the help of this beautiful grandfather cactus plant mm. that mm-hmm. I will worship and adore till the day I die uh. such a beautiful medicine such a beautiful spirit so incredible the funny thing is before I stepped into this journey with the cactus with the tumor San Pedro I was up all night throwing up my body the same thing new again also also the mountains of Peru they're crazy. They're, they have a way with you. They have First, a way. They have a way. They have a way. I also got really super sick when I got to Cusco and, and the Sacred Valley for the first time. I was gonna do a, I was gonna do a combo ceremony before I went into my San Pedro retreat, but I didn't have to. The mountains just fucked me up and purified me, and it was it was a hard process oh, be- yeah. like getting into the San Pedro ceremony. The body knows oh, yeah. before the brain. It's so intelligent and speaks in ways that doesn't have words. But yes, please continue. Yeah, no, I just yeah, it's just like what you're sharing is so true, and it's so crazy when it does happen. And because I'd be going through such a tough time. And obviously being in another country, I didn't know if it was just I'd gotten food poisoning again or something, but it definitely wasn't that. I'd eaten all the same things as a group of people. Everyone was fine, but just as soon as I locked in this ceremony the night before, I didn't sleep. I was just vomiting everything. Everything was completely coming out of me. And everyone around me in the morning was like, oh, I don't know if you should, don't know if you should, but intuitively exactly. I was like, this yeah. is exactly what needed to happen, same exactly thing. what needed to do. Mm. to happen and yeah so I set embarked on this beautiful journey carrying so much of this weight that had been on me for the last month and in essence all of this mental um, unclarity and everything that I'd been experiencing mentally was everything that I was escaping from that I wasn't subconsciously aware of in Australia everything that was going on it just hit me like a ton of bricks when I got to the Andes do you have any like keywords for what was some of the things you were escaping um 
I was trying to run away from, yeah, just my, my creativity, my mission, my, just myself. I think that my body needed a complete reset and I had no idea that it needed to because before I felt so comfortable in Australia. I had set all this groundwork of what I was going to do, what everything was going to lead into and I was so happy. But then when I got away, I realised that um, that wasn't meant for me and there's so much more that is awaiting me but I needed to go through this to reach the upgrade but I didn't realize in the time that I was going through a process and I was upgrading um so it's there's not a whole lot of particular things my body just Mm. was leveling up yeah and I needed to level up and a huge part of that was to go through the different things that I went through during this period yeah leading up to the ceremony yeah the isolation the Things of this work, not feeling worthy, abandonment, um, not being seen, not being held, not being felt, everything. It was just a whole pool. And then, yeah, going into the ceremony, I had no idea what was going to come up. Me neither, girl. <laughs> no idea. No idea. Well, tell me about it. So we drank the beautiful Wichuma in a beautiful space. And I was with two beautiful friends. Did you and have guides or shamans? I had a shaman and a guide, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was recommended this place by a friend, mm-hmm. a brother. And, yes, yeah, so go there, have everything. And um, I was lying after I drank my first, um, my first dose. Cup? Cup, my first cup of Wichuma. I went and I sat under, it was all outside of this beautiful garden, and there was a canopy and I laid underneath the canopy to protect myself from the sun on this bed. And we'll just set our intentions, obviously, and everything beforehand before drinking the medicine. And I remember I was lying down and there was so much noise of like thinking about what could come up and what might not come up and da 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 da. And then I remember just lying there. And then all of a sudden, my everything just became clear. And I was just in a process just straight away and I thought my brain was just like going through this weird thing of thinking that I needed to get myself there but the medicine was always going to do that on its own but this was my first time doing a plant medicine journey my first time you had you had done mushrooms I've but never held in a ceremony no okay just recreational but just recreational ceremony Mm -hmm. I've had experiences on mushroom and um LSD that are so profound but were never contained in like a ceremonial or safe space but I've gone and done a lot of healing with that beforehand so I was experienced with psychedelics but yeah not never experienced them in this way and used particularly for the mode of medicine Mm. and to my awareness and to my intention for medicine so I yeah and then I remember just lying down and then all of a sudden I was going into this this darkness and then I kept trying to get my myself out of it and we kept going back in and then all of a sudden like I was just in this experience and I was just crying and I was in 
just this uh, this relationship that I was navigating through in Australia and I was just just purging and crying and just like feeling just like how much pain it has been bringing me how much hurt it has been bringing me I felt myself myself being lost and then I yeah during all this I was like just like my body was just lying down and then needed to throw up because the purge um I know that it's more common to purge when you're doing an ayahuasca ceremony than it is with San Pedro or Wachuma but yeah it happened for me Mm. and when I was lying yeah I stood up and as I was vomiting I was vomiting getting everything out and I stood back and then this massive wave of just sadness and darkness and um everything just washed over me and I remember I took a deep breath in before I was about to release like physically vocally um emotionally and this massive gust of wind came and uproared and pulled up this canopy right as I like had exhaled and was crying again on all fours and had pulled this canopy completely up and blown it away this massive force of energy while I was doing a massive clearing and it was such a crazy experience and I just remember just feeling so supported and so in awe and just like so into the feeling of how bad this relationship has been to feel the earth showing me physically while I was purging was such a crazy experience and I felt her support so much and so yeah I had a I spent a long time in my process with that but also during this time I was being shown so much and I felt so much and I released so much but I was not in a state to completely let go of this relationship or this person this lesson Mm. in essence is exactly what this person was in my life Mm -hmm. 100% a karmic lesson and so grateful but yeah at this I wasn't ready to let go yet but the medicine was telling me you need to go but I wasn't I was holding on to it with everything that I had Really intense. Yeah, but I was crying and I was releasing, but like my heart was like, no, I don't, you don't want to let them go yet. There's still so much there. And I was battling myself for a long time during this process. And it was such an interesting thing seeing, (laughs) knowing that I shouldn't be battling it, but my heart wanted to. And um, my intuition was so upset at me. And the medicine was so upset at me. But yeah, that's a whole nother thing as well. But I still released a lot and I still felt a lot and it still put me into a very different perspective within the relationship when I finished the ceremony. But I didn't, yeah, allow it to fully clear me from that because I wasn't ready. You hadn't learned your lesson fully yet. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. Mm. And then, yeah, just one by one, this medicine just took me on a journey throughout the day it took me through all of the different avenues in which I stored trauma and where they came from the exact root the exact cause I witnessed myself going back to them I watched them I did a lot of shaking to release um, trauma I didn't identifyly heal a particular trauma or event or belief in wholeness this medicine and this journey took me and it sprinkled a light upon all of the aspects in which I needed to change 
and it's a beautiful way of explaining it. Mm, yeah. It transformed my outlook and it made me so aware and so conscious. And the ability to know where these things stemmed from and now I have the awareness to now take the next steps to heal these wounds, these beliefs individually and in whatever mode or means that is. Exactly. I feel like that's the, that's the gift of plant medicine. They just, they show us truth. Mm. They show us what the truth is and they want us to heal mm. and they love us and they want us to be in love. Mm. And they show us and, and, and purge everything that are layers of illusions on top of the ultimate love. Because mm. yes, we know and we hear that everything is love we're made of love everything is love and sure that's true but it doesn't feel like that all the time mm. and sometimes plants and I feel like especially San Pedro uh, is just such a truth teller mm. and is such a guide back to this ultimate love yeah it's like a warm supporting hug it's just like I'm here and this is the journey and now that you see it know that you are loved and yeah. always with you for the next steps that you take it's so it's such an incredible medicine and it's I feel like not yeah for me it is the medicine and yeah. I also feel like it's the forgotten medicine because mm. not a lot of people talk about San Pedro every time people will ask me like yeah I went to South and Central America did you do ayahuasca yeah but I wish, mm. I wish they asked. No, actually, no, it's fine that it's not a lot of people know about it. I think it's something about it that makes it more beautiful. Mm. But I, I, I'm very happy that we're talking about it. I didn't know we were going to talk about mm. Wachuma today. Mm. And I'm getting very emotional. I can feel it in mm. my throat as you're talking because it's so similar to my first experience. Mm. Um, some differences, for sure. But... Yeah, I'd like for you to, if there's anything else around that mm. experience that you want to complete. Look, there is so much because it did go for 10 hours. Um, just like the whole journey from like start to close. Like the, in the, obviously the middle parts and like the start was like the most that occurred. But the whole journey in which I like stayed at this place and went through was, was a big one. And there's a lot that I can tap into, but yeah. also uh, it is just the key points in which I've shared is that, yeah, it was literally just a massive awakening mm. into what I needed to, to heal within myself, to transcend and to become the light that I... That you are today. Yeah, and it's yeah. so beautiful. And there was one moment that I do want to share, and it was... Um, mm a very special moment my reconnection to uh, I say my higher self my her but she she transforms constantly in which I see her this was more my innate spirit my my complete spirit and I went through this whole process with um my 
um, fears of not being enough and self-doubt and where that stemmed from and I did a lot of somatic shaking and during this shaking I ended up on the ground just me with the earth and I was just on all fours and just completely surrendering to my connection through cycle through me being the earth and just like gave everything my power and I was giving and receiving at the same time in sync with the earth and she showed me myself as this such a strong warrior this earth warrior and I see her all of the time and she guides me all of the time and I was this like Amazonian woman and covered in leaves and uh, just earth and I was a protector and I was standing for her and I just felt like one of her yeah her guardians and I speak for her and my love was coming so clearly through her and through me and the vision of this version of myself was so profound and so strong and the power that was coming up through the earth as I embodied her and as I visualized her was just incredible and I felt so powerful and I felt her power in me and the power that we share and it was such a special moment for me to always tap into my warrior mm. and she is there and to never ever forget of her and to always stand with her and with standing with her I stand with the earth and her protection and her everything and that is where my power lies so it's a massive motivation whenever I'm in my sharing and doing my things with my my work and always tapping into this warrior and I've created a little outfit throughout this journey that embodies the exact visualization and the exact image that I was shown and that I was given wow. and it's very very empowering to be her I see her in you and I'm taking back to this moment where that's that's really really beautiful and you 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 paint a picture of this earth warrior so well and yeah again I see her in you and I'm taking back to this moment um on the day of the cacao ceremony at Savel when me you Vin and Carl Thomas we made made the cacao and we were sitting outside and having like a little clo closing ritual of having cut and prepare the cacao and I don't even it was so crazy the intense energies that was flowing in this quad, little quadruplet that we became and yeah I just remember your hands in the earth crying and feeling all of mother earth's pain and I was just a bit astonished by your relationship to to the mother and to the earth and I could see and feel how you felt her and how you were connected with her I was witnessing you in this relationship with her and this being her um, while you were holding the earth and that moment just also really changed my relationship to mother earth and seeing her and feeling her more and more as a sentient being so i just want to thank mm. you for that for strengthening my connection to her 
mm. by being by being who you are and it's yeah it's really a huge part of ebony mm. and this connection to mother earth mm. so beautiful mm. yeah thank you for sharing that yeah yeah it's very special and yeah that moment was very pivotal with mm. my yeah yeah i can feel like ever since i had this connectional moment on san pedro with this whole with the earth and just like the energy that was circulating through i feel so much more even more connected than i did before and a lot more conscious of my connection because i was subconscious like unconsciously navigating through it and not to my full awareness knew the abilities and the strengths that lied within our bond and yeah and that's why i wear red all of the time because when in this vision i had red I had like this red rose and this all this red so it's always my symbolic um, connection that I have with my power and my strengths and with the earth and I wear that whenever I wear red yeah it just made me so much more aware of myself and so much more connected to myself and so much more clear the journey of my healing and what I wanted to do for myself in the areas of myself that needed my love and that needed my support and that made me love myself more mm, that's it that's such a key thing for me the self-love mm. the self-love that San Pedro showed me is like the biggest change within mm. I feel and I actually wanted to ask you about about self-love and what's your relationship to self-love it's been very interesting hearing you in this place that you were in in ecuador and peru and mm. it sounded like there wasn't that much self-love presence i didn't know you at this time but ever since i came to know you i just feel like you you radiate a lot of self-love and just you're just always so like giggly and smiley and it seems like you're always full of self-love and also because you you how you you share this love and make other people around you feel loved and even when i'm like in my shitty crunchy pms self-loathing and self-criticism and paranoia and no one likes me and i'm a bad host you still look at me with just the purest love and you smile and you just tell me you love me and you mean it and i'm just that's such a I feel like then so your self-love has got to be so ingrained for you to 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 really love another person not being at its best that maybe do you have that capacity for yourself as well mm. that self-love when you're not at your best mm. that is a question i have and also i feel like this bad relationship you're you're talking about with your ex-partner um like how is your relationship with self-love in that because yeah there is something about letting ourselves letting ourselves being treated badly and that reflects maybe self-love not being at its mm. best and and you were still struggling in this relationship when i met you but still you had so much capacity for love and felt like you were in so much self-love but when i heard about this relationship i was thinking like how can this girl Mm, that it was kind of sad because that you would let yourself be mm. treated so badly and mm. I 
it was there was a d- bit of a dis- dissonance mm. there with the self-love and the relationship and and yeah tell me about your relationship to self-love mm. hmm so yeah with the first with the first question i think that um before i get into yeah my relationship with my self-love what i experienced through this upgrade, this hardship that I went through, through Ecuador and Peru, it taught me so much of how much I wanted to give love to people that are in these frames because I didn't feel that when I was in this. I didn't feel that love. I felt isolated and I felt alone and it was really hard. And that was one of my biggest lessons coming out of that is to always, always give love and to show support and to show kindship and to show companionship and no matter what someone is going through and to always offer a hand because I know for a fact that my experience wouldn't have been as grueling or as hard if I was asked if I was okay or if there was someone to lean on that I felt that could hold me so I think that that whole experience has taught me more than anything any books, anything in this life could possibly, like ever, it's taught me so much to always stand and to give love to the people that I love and to not be afraid to show love and not be afraid to show support no matter what. And that, yeah, is a massive part of that and one of my biggest, biggest lessons and that experience, that hardship that I went through through Ecuador and Peru, I wouldn't change it for the whole entire world. I definitely believe that I could have made it shorter and I would have learned my lessons in maybe not as such a stretched out period of time but in essence it was what it was and I gained everything that I needed and now I can support and hold people in a way that I know they need because I know what it feels like to not receive that so that is that Mm. but in terms of self-love I uh, yeah no I just it's very interesting that you bring up the comparison with my self-love and then how I can navigate through the relationship that I did with the Mm -hmm. level of self-love that I have and that I had because I have such a strong connection to myself I fucking love myself and all of the things that she's embarked on and all the things that she's done and created (laughs) and held through And I have such a deep and profound connection with myself that I cherish and I love and I take so much time to nurture and I love spending time with myself and affirming to myself in the mirror, affirming to myself in my meditations, affirming to myself when I'm doing mundane tasks and I'm listening to music and I smile and I always tell myself that I love myself. And you call yourself babe. (laughs) (laughs) All the time. I tell, she has so many different names, but predominantly I always like refer to her as her but she is me and Mm. I am her Mm. but we are one but she is also my her and I just like to nurture her and care for her as if she is someone that I would nurture and care about and always reciprocate the same amount of love to myself as I give to others and I love her she's a queen and bringing this up is um so interesting because I actually I just haven't had a moment with her as in like the recent recent days because I've had so many different things happening and it's really beautiful now to just like even saying it to you I'm giving it 
to her and um, loving her so much more in every single way. So thank you also for bringing this to my attention. Pleasure. Um, but yes, I'm very incredibly honoured and proud um, of myself and all that she has gone through and how I've always, yeah, supported and loved myself through it and and how I got myself out of that situation in Ecuador and Peru. It has mm. given me an extra level of self-love. Yeah, just give, just um, holding myself through that and loving myself unconditionally, even though I allowed myself to slip into mm. um, patterns, bad patterns where I felt like I couldn't get out them, couldn't get out of it. I always ended up getting myself out and I, yeah, I just have so, so much love for her for getting, for getting myself through. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, with that relationship, it's very interesting and it is also not something that I haven't given a lot of space to to even reflecting on this and it is really hard because I've always held myself with so much love and just in this one particular relationship I just prioritized someone else completely over myself mm -hmm. and it is also not wasn't a very normal relationship there was a lot of different things that had happened and that had occurred and I was constantly fed with a lot of um, guilt yeah. and that really overshadowed the self-love that I had for myself. And manipulation, confusion. And there was a lot of things. Yeah. And even though my self-love was so, so incredibly strong, in these times when I am constantly reminded of the things that I've done wrong and um, the mistakes that I've made, it was very, very hard to see that to see in a different path when that was all that I was being like surrounded by. So, and also I'm just so strong in um, my knowing that that was my lesson and now I'm so much more equipped and ready for whatever comes up in relationships mm -hmm. in different parts because I know what it's like to, to not listen to my intuition or to myself or to not speak up or to allow guilt to overrun me and not yeah. to allow different things to happen um and there was so much medicine and so much healing in that relationship and it wasn't pleasant and no. it wasn't easy but there were beautiful times and there were beautiful moments of love i have so much bliss and so much admiration for what that relationship brought me there's mm. nothing on that person it is just what we had signed up to so contractedly mm. before coming into this lifetime and what we endured together was painful but it has led me to here and has led me to sitting on this couch with you and led me to this awareness and the abundance of what I'm going to bring into this life and the relationships that I'm going to call in the love that I'm going to call in because I'm deserving of everything and I will not at all settle for anything less than that. I will not at all settle for anything that I did settle for in the past because I felt what it was like to experience that and I don't want that again. So yeah. That makes my heart feel very warm and soft and very happy and content. Mm. It's amazing to be around and how, you know, because then we have a bigger 
capacity to respect ourselves and set boundaries and also love others mm. oh, it's such a self-love is such a drug mm-hmm. it, and no one really tells you oh my cat is right behind <laughs> you at the window <laughs> yeah no one really tells you like how important self-love is like from a young age mm. and when i when i was also blasted with self-love on which i was like why didn't anyone tell me this mm-hmm. and how important and life-changing it is to learn to love ourselves yeah it's so important changes it everything it uh, yeah because it allows you to just if you love yourself you believe in yourself you have faith that everything just circulates around this thing and i remember even when i was quite younger being like from like stages of 16 to however so like um, maybe when I was 17 I remember like getting drunk with my girlfriends back when I was in my partying days and I would like have drinks and go and like have a little moment to myself in the bathroom and I'd just be sitting there laughing at myself and being like I fucking love you I love you really? so much mm-hmm. wow mm-hmm wow. and I remember having these like such profound moments with myself in these moments of not only like if if I was at home, whatever, so forth, but just like I remember I'd feel them so potently when I was like um, drinking and like in in this state. I don't know why, um, maybe just in party states and the energy and the frequencies just a little bit vibrated. And um, not that I drink now, and that's definitely not something that I do. I don't like mm-hmm. it, but. <laughs> Back then, it was a part of um, part of the person that I was and navigating through and learning not to like that. But I remember yeah, like, having these moments with myself and just like in the toilet and just like giving myself so much love and like hugging myself and dancing myself, having like a little laugh. And then I'd come out and I'd tell my friends and they'd be like, huh? Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean? And I was like, oh, I mean, I just had a good moment back there. Like we just had a good time. Like with who? I was like, myself. Mm. I was like, I love her so much. She's so funny. She's, and they're like okay that's really nice and I was like oh wait is that do I talk about these things like is it something that I can share with others and it's something that I want to be able to share with others because I think that what you're saying is so important and it is something that should be shared and talked about but maybe it, it just isn't that much of a conversation and I want it to be inspiring and to like oh okay maybe like that's very interesting that you can have this relationship with yourself and give yourself this love in these times of when you need solitude or yeah it is just interesting how it isn't much of a conversation or yeah brought up as much i think about self-love it's it's uncomfortable to hear about it if you're not in self-love mm. i think i think for me to hear someone say something like that a year ago or two years ago would be kind of uncomfortable because I wouldn't get it. Mm. And uh, the the thing of loving myself would be such a... I would feel uncomfortable about it within myself, so therefore I wouldn't be able to celebrate it in others. But I think... Because mm, yeah, that's the thing about triggers or... Mm. Not triggers, but the thing about... Let's say let's say you got angry and I was not comfortable with my own anger I'd be scared of your anger but if I had worked on my anger if Mm. I had created containers and ceremonies to release my anger and work with my anger and love my anger Mm. 
if I experienced you being angry, I could hold you and I could be like, yeah, girl, get that shit out. Mm. Be angry. That's a that's a valid emotion right now. Mm. If I had not done the work with anger, I'd be scared, not knowing how to navigate. I'll be uncomfortable. So when I've done the work with self-love, I fucking adore when other people love themselves mm. as well because it's a part of me that's very important to mm. me. And what I also want to say about self-love is what I realized when I was put into my self-love with the help of the St. Peter Cactus, what I realized is it's not really my choice that I love myself. I can't, or that sounds, that came out, came out wrong. What I mean is, what I mean is instinctively my body loves itself Insti- because if I get a bruise, my body heals. My body works for me all the time and if i am treated badly my body will give me a signal or a pain in my body or a bad gut feeling to protect me Mm. because instinctively i can't help it my body wants to protect me because my body loves me that's what i mean by it's not Mm. my choice Mm. it's just hidden underneath things if you you can't get see the messages Everything my body does is an act of self-love. Every discomfort, every trigger, everything is trying to teach me something to make my own life better. Subconsciously, I love myself so much. (laughs) And, And just having that realization that beneath all of the bullshit, I love myself. Not only does my physical body love my physical body, but also the fact that I just, I am placed here by spirit and I have a spirit and I have a consciousness. How could anything love anything more highly than to give someone that gift? Mm -hmm. Like I am loved by the unseeable. I am loved by spirit. I am loved by, you know, God, the father, the, the, um, the intangible the consciousness the things that we can't see or touch is what i call god Mm. but i'm also loved by the goddess by the mother by everything that can be touched my body that Mm. is also everything is working for me and my Mm. digestive system is working to process my food and turn it into energy so that i can live and feel good and and yeah and let's say i i mistreat myself or i eat badly or i hurt myself like how can that also be an act of self-love that's my body screaming to be, that something is terribly wrong and i need to figure out what that is so i can come into my self-love so everything is constantly working for me to love myself is what i found i don't have to even like mentally I don't have to mentally like train myself to love myself. Yes, I can do that also. But what was really helpful for me was to have this realization that both the God and the goddess loves me and that's it and works for me at all times. And that's so self-love then becomes loving that becomes loving the self becomes loving my soul Mm -hmm. and my body. Loving my ego is a different thing. Mm. Or 
which I also think is important to mm. love the ego and see how that is also actually a part mm. of uh, of the protection of me being safe and and um, that is what the ego wants to do. And there's this um, we've heard the story about nar- how do you say narcissus 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 narcissist. Yeah. Well, not a narcissist, but the story of this Greek. There's like the, this ancient Greek story of uh, Narcissus. I think that's how you pronounce his yeah. name. That he would say, see his reflection in the water and he would fall in love with his reflection and how that became or how that made him a narcissist. But he fell in love with his reflection, not his actual interior, mm-hmm. not his soul, not the miracle of his function, functionality, but just the reflection in what he projected himself. Wow. Um, to be and that that's that's not where I want to go with my self-love I want to go to the deeper real true layers of Mm -hmm. Mm self-love and it's got to come from the deepest of withins and then it can emanate outwards the self-love but and yeah I don't know I needed help to to get to that place by this plant by this cactus I don't know how I would have gotten to that knowing without because he just showed me that that all of my pain and all of my um that I was grieving having my boundaries stepped upon I was grieving stepping over my own bad boundaries letting other people treat me badly and I was grieving and I was weeping and crying and crying and crying because I let other people treat me badly and I disappointed myself. Why? Why was that so terrible? Because I love myself and I want, I want me to feel good and be happy. That's why those things hurt. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, self-love is such a... I can go on and on and on about my relationship to that. I love it so much. Mm. Well, thank you so much for taking me and everyone that's listening on that journey. Wow. That's so special. In such a beautiful, beautiful way. (laughs) Way to implement and to acknowledge self-love. Yeah. For people that are stepping into it as well. On a new perspective to this place. Mm. So beautiful. Mm. I think that also made me very aware of... um, like how I've been expressing my self-love I think that how I experience my her and my relationship with her it's always my higher self exactly yeah this yeah that's yeah I think that's what I was speaking of mm. when I say spirit or God yeah yeah I think that's what I feel like is my higher self yeah 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 so yeah. definitely the same yeah there and I will say though that um you know I'm not and I'm not even like fully happy or that yeah I still want to work so much on my self-love and that I still have such a long way to go even though I made a giant leap on the self-love and more of how how I want to be treated and how I want to treat myself and how I want to the boundaries I, I want to set for myself and because knowing that if I don't set the boundaries for myself I am just hurting my inner child so much and so yeah but also loving those inner layers that's easier for me than loving the outer layers i would say 
Mm. I love spirit. I love my higher self. I love God. I love the goddess. Mm. I love, I do love my body, but also there is this, and it also feels like a separate kind of theme mm. to actually love the aesthetics of my body mm. or love the aesthetics of my face and my hair and all of this, like things that are supposed to be pretty or um there are still like lingering wounds like from just from culture and growing up in the early 2000s and mm. being exposed to 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 like body just having body image issues even though my self-love has made such a giant leap and yeah it's very interesting because it's such a dissonance there for me like why like why is that not fully healing like my acceptance of my my physical um appearance mm. with the self-love and it's gotten better but there is still i feel like i still have a blind spot or there is still something i'm missing there um and every time like the last couple of times i've been going into plant ceremony I've had as one of my main intentions to learn to fully accept and love my physical appearance and my body and not not let my negative self-talk or judgments when looking at my belly in the mirror like I'm I feel done with that like I want to transcend that I want to just fully love my body and be in my sensuality and sexuality and and just have so much fun with my body but still there is this like heavy like mm, no not quite good enough not quite pretty enough and every the last couple of times I've been going into plant ceremony it's been my intention to work on that but every time I'm in these heightened states or psychedelic states and I and I had a, a recent mushroom journey with myself where I sat naked in front of the mirror and just looked at myself for a long time and I I just I guess I felt nothing or that everything was fine my body looked good it's beautiful it's a miracle it, it was cool to look at my body and then I'm like well why am I not feeling the dread why am I not feeling the hate like where is this like where are the wounds how can I work with this and sure I could just tap into on the plant medicine like how wonderful and beautiful it is to be in my body and I can do that as well but still when I get back to this normal non-psychedelic state of being i still fall back into to um losing a lot of my energy judging myself and yeah i feel like it that's that's we're just <laughs> riding the journey of the topic that we're going through but i don't know it has something to do with self-love and i haven't quite figured out that part yet oh my gosh when you work it out let me know think it's a great mystery and <laughs> I, I couldn't have put it better myself and it is challenging yeah. and it is hard and I have had such similar things and I've done so much work to reach states in which I can just feel confident good all the time mm. and not look in the mirror and, and see something I don't like or want to just be and shape my body in a different way and it's so ridiculous because I'm so beautiful yeah. but it's like just the world and, also <laughs> and in the, the outside pressure pressure yeah it's 
And it's a very hard thing to heal from when you are constantly surrounded and being shown how to look and how to be. And especially in a world where social media is so prominent, it has become so innate to us to subconsciously compare and to see others and then look at ourselves and ask us why we don't look like this or why we don't do this. And it is crazy and it's such a shame because social media is so powerful and it can Mm. bring so, so much good. But unfortunately, it does bring so much bad. And I think that this relationship with healing the physical body no matter how much love we put into ourselves on our journeys, our plant medicine ceremonies, um, taking ourselves on um, different modes of healing, seeing a psychologist, a therapist, talking to someone about it. Mm. It feels really good in the time to work on it, but then as soon as you've left the comfort and the safety of yourself and your self-love and your acceptance, as soon as you step outside, you can just feel it come back so fast and so strong yeah it comes back so fast it's very it's a very hard one to it is and definitely think it's a huge society thing yeah because i remember when i lived in guatemala to mystic yoga farm we had like one mirror and you could see from like your like your boobs up that was like the only mirror i had for a month and a half so i think mirrors and having mirrors around us is not a normal thing like human history wise we haven't had mirrors around us for that long we haven't been able to check out our bodies all the time and not to speak of like pictures and just the amount of times during one day we get to see ourselves and of course we always have this innate wanting to fit in and be liked and be desired to pass on genes like it's so deep and then we're constantly confronted with ourselves and our appearance all the time. It is a beautiful reflection and a really good acknowledgement to, yeah, to share in which the world is and but the biggest takeaway is just yeah to always give yourself the love because I feel like constantly working on the self love and the physical self love that we have for ourselves is so incredibly important. It's gonna make the times in which we are met with our reflection and our appearance and those thoughts come in a lot more easier to brush off because Mm. we are aware that it is merely just a reflection and that those thoughts creeping in are not of our own but of a world that deems us to be a certain way Mm. i I think yeah the takeaway from that is like self-compassion like that when we judge ourselves harshly for oh why do i still have these negative thoughts about myself i don't want to have that then we can add a layer of, you know what, it's actually very, very understandable that we have these self-judging thoughts and it's very natural. Mm. Just give ourselves some compassion and love and tenderness. If I have, let's say I have a day where I look at myself in the mirror and it's just, I can't go out like this is too, this is not good. (laughs) Then just be, maybe the next thought can be, oh shit, that's, it's really painful to feel that. That's not mine that's the society I live in that's how I've been brought up that's my conditioning and Mm. it's really really hard to decondition that especially Mm. living with the mirrors living with the pictures Mm. if I lived off grid without mirrors and didn't see myself all the time and just saw other naked women different 
different shapes and sizes all the time like we used to and that we can do when we go travel it, it's a different story we don't get the time to self-loathe and hate our bodies then <laughs> so just have compassion i think that's the message i want to give to myself and the people listening anyway all right let's let's wrap it up for now yeah any last words just that i am so grateful and so humbled by my human experience and i'm so grateful to be in your presence and have the safety and the comfortability to express my parts of my journey and for it to be heard and for it to be felt. So I'm just very grateful for everyone listening and most importantly to my beautiful sister who I love so dearly and hold so closely and will love and love forever and ever through sickness, health, everything and I stand by you and I see you and I hold you and I'm inspired by you constantly thank you for those beautiful last words and yeah to everyone listening mm who people who listen to this are probably on the path of healing and mm. self-work and I just want to leave a little leave a little nudge to have fun with it mm. and have patience and enjoy the process where you're at right now if you're in the if you're in the gutter like just know that there's so much gold there I'm telling this to myself as well because I've had a hard ass week <laughs> If there's anything that anyone can get from my sharing is that what goes down always comes up and there is only transformation waiting at the end of hardship. You are going into a better, more equipped, loving version of yourself, even though it might not feel like it right now. Endure all that needs to be endured, transcend through all that needs to be transcended through and you will reach a version of yourself that you are so grateful and so humbled to have gone through what you went through because you are better stronger and more capable than ever yes and don't do it alone find community find and soul that family is it yes find community yeah lean on community it's so beautiful create community it yeah. makes the world of difference it's everything it is everything isolation is the enemy uh-huh unless it's like a conscious darkness retreat exactly. where Vin goes to exactly <laughs> yeah in a conscious spacious way where you are going in knowing that you are holding yourself beautiful but when you need and want to lean on community go find those people go find them, go find them. come find us yeah come find us yeah uh, i want to continue this mission to just keep strengthening community yeah and it's really challenging as well like having a lot of close relationships oh yeah can be really confronting and challenging oh yeah but that's when you got to find the right people and you can hold each other and yeah, just encouragement, encouragement, strengthen that. Uh-huh. That's our mission. That's expanding the bubble. And that is the main quest, mm-hmm. strengthening community. Strengthening right? community. It yeah. is. Creating community, strengthening community and showing the power within community.
and living and walking the beauty way. Mm-hmm. Aho, mitake yasin. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you feel inspired and got something out of it. We love you, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Just get out. <laughs> <laughs> Norwegian nugget out. Oh. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Beauty Way podcast. Let's expand the bubble of beauty. Share something you learned on here with a friend. I'll be back next week. Until then, you can find me on Instagram at Leandra Valencia. Keep walking in beauty and all my love to you. Goodbye.